0: What is going on, everybody? We're back with episode eight of the r City Podcast, trade deadline recap special, whatever you want to call it. First of all, <clears throat> before we dive into the trade deadline, how about that Mets? Seven in a row. They're thirteen and five since the All Star break. They've clawed their way back into the wild card race. They're now two games under five hundred at fifty three and fifty five. They're ten and a half out of the division, four games out of the second wild card spot. Just when everybody counted them out, here they come. Their rotation and their bullpen have been absolutely phenomenal. Their offense has been getting it done. It has been exciting to watch since the All Star break, and I definitely feel that things down the final two, as we turn into August, down the final two months of the year. Things are going to start to look and get very fun, but today's episode is pretty much going to be a recap of the trade deadline yesterday at 4 p.m. All trades had to be in, and there were some big names that moved. There were some big names that did not move, and we're going to talk about all of this. So first of all, we'll start about start out with what the Mets did. First of all, the biggest move, in my opinion, was the Mets getting, or the second biggest move in the whole deadline, I should say, I think is the Mets getting Marcus Stroman from the Toronto Blue Jays. Absolute shocker. Did not think the Mets were going to get him. And considering what they're getting for him, it did not cost them a lot. It cost them some, but it did not cost them everything. They had to give up pitching prospects Anthony K and Simon Woods Richardson. Marcus Stroman having to... Pro- arguably his best year in Toronto. He's six and eleven with a two nine one ERA and twenty one starts. He earned his first career all star nod this year. He's racked up ninety nine strikeouts so far and has a seven point one strikeout per nine rate, which is just short of his career high with two months left in the year. In terms of personality, the Mets got a perfect fit in Marcus Stroman A personality like his, he's big, he's loud personality. He is a perfect fit. New York City and I think he'll have no problem fitting in. He does have playoff experience which is great. He even quoted this morning saying I can't wait to play in the playoffs this year so he's got that confidence. He's bringing that over to the Mets and at the rate they're playing right now don't be surprised. Honestly don't. What the Blue Jays are getting the Mets gave up Anthony Kay and Simon Woods Richardson. Anthony Kay. Is 1 3 with a 6.61 ERA this year with Triple A Syracuse. He started the year in Double A Binghamton, where he was 7 and 3 with a 1.76 ERA and 12 starts. He was expected to make it come up to the Mets, maybe a September call up, probably next year, and be impactful. But certainly trading him now to gain a starter that can help them now and in the future was worth it. We'll come back to Kane a little bit. Simon Woods Richardson's currently with Class A Columbia, 18 years old, 3-8 with a 4-2-5 ERA and 20 starts. He's got also 97 strikeouts and 78 and a third innings pitched. He's a bit of a way from the majors uh, being at 18 years old, but he's definitely got some talent. I did not know a lot about Richardson until this trade happened, then I read up on him a little bit it's the Toronto's definitely got a nice starter if he can work his way up the system he certainly has a chance to make a good impact on the Blue Jays whether it is in the bullpen or as a starter and as the Blue Jays continue to rebuild definitely will be a, one of those names to keep an eye on in the ne- next couple years but with regards to Anthony Kaye I am totally okay with giving up Anthony Kaye in this trade did I want K to go? No, but considering the Mets were able to get a starter like Stroman without giving up Wheeler, without giving up Syndergaard, without giving up, uh, really a lot. I mean, they did give up K, who's arguably their top pitching prospect. But you know, it you really have to give to get at this at, in the major leagues. The way Major League Baseball works in terms of trade. You're going to have to give a little bit to get something in return. And I think what the Mets got, certainly a great arm for their rotation. He's a Long Island native. He certainly will fit in perfectly with this team and with this rotation. It's a question, really, of uh, how it plays out. His first start with the Mets is expected to be in uh, Pittsburgh. The Mets head there for this weekend. I'll be watching closely for his first start with the Mets. But Anthony K, he may be up in September this year. Sorry for that noise from upstairs. But he may be up this year in September with Toronto. Who knows? Maybe not. He might be um, up next year. He might make the roster out of spring training. But we'll see with that. Uh, then the Mets de- uh, the next day weren't done yet. This was one of two moves they made at the deadline. Their second move... They shipped off Jason Vargas. Not only did they trade him, they traded him to the Phillies. One of the more interesting places was not really expecting the Phillies to be in on Vargas, let alone the Mets actually sending him to a division rival. But that uh, they sent Vargas to the Phillies with cash considerations in exchange. The Phillies give the Mets Austin Bousart, if I pronounce that correctly. Is a catcher in the Phillies organization and currently in double A, primarily known for his defense. Not really a huge offensive threat, but that's still gotta develop. Vargas was six and five with a four oh one ERA this year, eighty-one strikeouts, and he was five and one with a two six two ERA over his last eight outings. Finished his if you would call it second stint with the Mets. He was way back, he was with New York. 13 and 14 with a 4.89 ERA and 165 strikeouts. With regards to Boss Art, double A Redding, he'll presumably go to Binghamton and stay in the double A level. He's 26 years old, slashing just 195, 303, 335, but he throws out 36.4% of base runner stealing. So a lot of scouts have him as a more defensive minded catcher, but his offense can certainly develop enough. As he works his way through the system uh, to maybe contribute to the Mets one day. Uh, with regard, now, a lot the biggest shock was that the Mets did not deal Syndergaard and they did not deal Wheeler. With regards to Syndergaard, the Mets made it uh, public knowledge that they were not planning on dealing Syndergaard after his last start against Chicago in Game 1 of the series. They said, we're taking him off the block, no more talks. Their asking price was very high for him, as it should have been. Same with Wheeler. And they decided it was in their best interest to just take uh, Syndergaard off in general. And they kept dangling Wheeler out there. The Rays were in on him. Twins, Astros, Yankees, all those teams in on him. But again, Mets had a very high asking price, which I felt they should. I was a little surprised they didn't deal... Todd Frazier and maybe get a center fielder some outfield depth or maybe get a reliever, try and package him up but considering what they got, they got Stroman, they got rid of Vargas which was ideally the best case scenario, I was thrilled they did not trade Syndergaard because trading for Stroman told me that they were going all in this year and you're not going all in without Syndergaard so it made no sense to trade him which I was glad when I found out they took him off the block. And with Wheeler, what he's shown, he could have gotten you a very nice return. But the Mets, again, had a very high asking price. But now you're looking at a team that's got a rotation of Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Marcus Stroman, Zach Wheeler, and Steven Matz. From top to bottom, it is arguably the best rotation in all of baseball. And I am looking forward to see these last two months of the season, how they shape up. That's really all the Mets did during the deadline. They did not find a deal they liked regarding Wheeler, but there were plenty of other teams that were active. The biggest trade of the deadline, in my opinion, second, of course, I said was the Stroman trade. The biggest trade, Zach Granke is heading to Houston. That's right, Zach Granke, the Arizona Dimeback, heading to Houston in exchange. The Dimebacks are getting prospects. I apologize if I pronounce Uh, the names wrong. Corbin Martin who's a right-handed pitcher, outfielder Seth Beer, infielder Joshua Rojas, and right-handed pitcher J.B. Bukowskis. Bukowskis. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. So the Diamondbacks are getting four prospects in exchange. Astros getting Zach Granke and arguably to put the Mets rotation for the best in baseball in contention is Houston. Uh, Joining Uh, The newly acquired Zach Greinke will be Justin Verlander, Wade Miley, um, Garrett Cole, and the fifth starter for Houston. I'm really not sure who that is. To be honest with you, if I let me take a look right now, we got Verlander. We got Wade Miley. We got Garrett Cole, Zach Granke joining the herd now. And I honestly have no idea who their fifth starter is. I do not know. They just acquired, they also acquired Aaron Sanchez from the Blue Jays. Maybe they use him as their fifth starter. But, yeah, let's move on from there. (laughs) So, there was also Houston, of course, as I just mentioned. Got Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagini from the Blue Jays. In exchange, the Blue Jays got outfielder Derek Fisher. Perhaps Houston made the most impactful moves. They got a bullpen arm or a potential starter in Aaron Sanchez. They got a front of the line rotation guy in Zach Granke. And they did it without giving up Forrest Whitley or Kyle Tucker. Their top two prospects that they virtually said were untouchable. But they still and yet considering what they got, they still managed to get that starter that they needed without giving up either of those two guys, which is unbelievable. Other some other trades Astros made, uh, Angels got Max Stassi, and in exchange, the Astros got minor leaguers Ranier Rivas and Rod Ridir Ucida. I probably butchered both of those names. Uh, in ex- also Some other big moves, the brew crew, the Milwaukee Brewers getting a starter. Kind of a very shocking move. They kind of gave up a lot. They gave up Marcio Dubon, who's one of the top higher-end prospects in the Brewers organization. They got Ray Black and Drew Pomeranz to add to their rotation. Pomeranz, that is. Kind of gave up a lot just for Pomeranz, but when the Brewers and the tight as as tight as the NL Central is it was definitely a well worth wild trade for the Brewers who are trying to win now with that current roster. Other big moves, the Twins got Sam Dyson, they got the uh, bullpen help they needed they were in on Zach Wheeler, could not match the asking price from the Mets for him, went out and got a reliever and picked up Sam Dyson, cost the minor leaguers, Jalen Davis, who I've seen play, oh sorry for my dogs, who I've seen play personally and he can absolutely rake. I am stoked to see what if he gets up with the Giants what he can do. He also picked up Perlander Beria and Kaiwi Tang. Mike Leak also was on the move from the Mariners. he got shipped to Arizona for minor leaguer Jose Caballero. And um Diamondbacks also got cash considerations from the Braves in exchange for catcher John Ryan Murphy. So the D-backs kind of gave up, or I would say a mini-sell, but not a full-blown sell, considering they gave up, obviously, Zach Granke, but they got another starter in Mike Leak. Then they gave up one of their catchers. So it was kind of more of like a retooling type deal. The Padres... They made a trade with Chicago and got Carl Edwards Jr. Dodgers also got a reliever. They got Adam Kolarek from the Rays in exchange for minor leaguer Nico Holsizer. Dodgers were also in and got Jed Jerko and cash considerations and international bonus pool money from the Cardinals in exchange Tony for Tony Singrani and minor leaguer Jeffrey Abreu. It was kind of a more shocking move of the deadline with the Dodgers getting Jed Jerko, but considering injuries they have to guys, one of those being Kike Hernandez, it's a good move for them. One thing that the Dodgers didn't get that I felt they should have was some bullpen help. They were in the talks with the Pirates for Felipe Vasquez, but I guess the Dodgers couldn't match the asking price for Vasquez that the Pirates wanted. But again, it doesn't... I mean, the Dodgers are the first team to 70 wins, so it doesn't look like they need too much help. But it would have been nice to see them add to that bullpen. If, if they needed anything, it was bullpen help. But honestly, if I were a Dodgers fan, I would not be worried uh, down the stretch. Tampa pulled off another surprising trade. They got Jesus Aguilar from the Brewers. In exchange, the Brewers got another pitcher, Jacob Faria. Presumably, Faria will join the rotation or go to the bullpen. I would think rotation, but I could very well be wrong with that. Uh, Phillies add some outfield depth with Corey Dickerson for a player to be named later from the Pirates. Tanner Roark's going to Oakland. Hunter Strickland and Royanis Elias are going to the Nationals' bullpen from the Mariners. Mariners got a couple minor leaguers. They also acquired the Nationals, that is Daniel Hudson, to help bolster that awful, absolutely awful bullpen they have. Uh, Again, they only cost cost them a minor leaguer. Uh, Scooter Jeanette is heading over to the Bay. Player to be named later from the Reds. Giants are getting the second baseman and Cash from Cincinnati. This move, probably more under the radar. For two minor leaguers, the Cubs got Nicholas Castellanos and Cash from the Tigers. I think of all the deadline moves, Nicholas Castellanos to the Cubs is going to be one of the more underrated of the deadline. He's going to be very impactful in the Cubs, and that NL Central race now is continuing to get better and better with these trade deadline moves. Uh, Nicholas Castiano is definitely going to be a difference maker. Excited to see how that NL Central shapes up. Braves added a two dominant relievers to their bullpen for some minor leaguers. Uh, they acquired Mark Melanson from the Giants, and they also acquired probably perhaps the hottest commodity at the trade deadline: Tigers closer Shane Green is heading to Atlanta. Perhaps the best bullpen arm and overall piece available at the trade deadline was Shane Green. Braves got it done. They're adding to their bullpen as they're looking to win the NL East for back-to-back years. Certainly one of the more better moves overall of the deadline. This trade happened the day before the trade deadline at about, I would say, 10 o'clock at night. And I'll come back to that one. And actually, no, I won't. I'm going to do it now because this is going to lead into the next topic I have. So, the big trade that happened involved three teams. It involved the Cleveland Indians. It involved the Cincinnati Reds. And it involved the San Diego Padres. And there were some big names getting traded about. Um, Trevor Bauer got traded he's going to Cincinnati that's right he's going to the Cincinnati Reds as part of a three team deal with the Padres and Reds so here's how the whole deal went down the Reds got Trevor Bauer the Indians got Yasiel Puig, Scott Moss Franmil Reyes, Logan Allen, and Victor Nova. Obviously, the two big names in that trade being Franmil Reyes, who's an absolute stud in San Diego, and, of course, Yasiel Puig. Who, can't, who for, can't forget about Yasiel Puig? I mean, come on. We'll talk about him in a little bit. And then the Padres got Taylor Trammell, who's the number one prospect in the Reds organization, number 30 in all of baseball, as part of that trade. That trade probably was more of the one of the more louder ones considering what happened after. Just minutes, literally minutes after Bauer was traded to the Reds, Puig was going to the Indians. It was not made known to Puig yet. He's still in the game with the Reds. And then you see some barking going on. The Reds are playing the Pirates. You see uh, Amir Garrett's on the mound. You hear some barking from the, ty- the Pirates' dugout and literally runs over there and takes on the entire Pirates team. He just goes in there and starts swinging away. And a huge bench-clearing brawl ensues. They announced the suspensions earlier today. So Yasiel Puig's final act as a Cincinnati Red was in the middle of a bench-clearing brawl. Trevor Bauer's final act as a Cleveland Indian was chucking a ball over the center field wall because he was mad he gave up a homer and was being taken out of the game. So that was one of the more comical trades from that aspect. But in terms of the Cincinnati Reds, that was a great trade for them. They got their ace to pair with our second ace, I should say, to pair with Luis Castillo, along with Sonny Gray, having a huge, huge bounce back year. And again, the Reds, they're still in that race in the NL Central. So it'll it's certainly going to be a great race down the stretch like i've said before they're six and a half out of the nrl central lead they're six games out of the second nl wild card spot six games under 500 six and four in their last 10 so it'll certainly be fun baseball to watch down the stretch and with the one trade deadline so you can make waiver moves on august 31st but you cannot make waiver trades the MLB changed the rule after last year that went into effect this year to have every team make their decisions now. So then, all trades had to be done by 4 p.m. yesterday. Zach Greinke, like I said, the biggest trade happened literally right at 4 o'clock. So it was a very active day. It was very slow at the beginning of the day, but then started to pick up steam. There were some a couple other trades we didn't discuss. But again, some of the big winners in the trade deadline, Houston, obviously, I'd say the Mets, uh, considering what they got, they gave up what they wanted to. They got what they wanted, I would say, for the most part. I think they definitely should have gotten a reliever, another reliever, or maybe another uh, outfield depth piece. But I'm over, overall, I'm happy with how the Mets did. I think the Mets in Houston were uh, towards it. Definitely Houston was number one in terms of how teams Fared in the deadline, I think Ash, the Astros won. Definitely. They won the World Series, in my eyes, with their trade deadline. But the Mets were certainly up there. The Reds had a nice deadline. They're up. Indians had a good deadline to try and run down the Twins. Overall, it was a pretty a pretty what you expected. Some names that didn't move, obviously Syndergaard and Wheeler. Mad Bomb was not traded, which was one of the big names that was brought up. So, it's really, you know, now we just wait and see. We got two months left in the year as we head down the final stretch of the season. This episode, I mentioned, if you guys follow us on Twitter, I mentioned that this episode might be a little longer. But I did not anticipate getting through everything as fast as I did. So, that's gonna we're going to get start wrapping up this episode, episode 8 of the Our City Podcast. Uh, Mostly just a trade deadline recap, we'll be back on Sunday with another episode, with episode 9. It's been crazy the past couple days, so that's why our schedule's been kind of uh, flipping around. So, if there's any uh, MLB news that you guys want us to talk about, leave it in the comments below. Make sure you subscribe and share with your friends and let us know how we're doing. Big trade deadline. Mets got rid of Vargas, but they picked up Marcus Stroman, arguably the best rotation in all of baseball. It's going They've won seven in a row. Definitely back in that NL wildcard race. Uh, don't forget to check out the links in the description below. Follow us and all that good stuff. Make sure you're commenting, liking, subscribing, turning on your notifications to see every time we post content, and let us know how we're doing. If it's good, if you love us, let us know. If you don't like us and want there's things we, we can improve on, let us know that, too. We're open to anything you guys had to say for us. Thank you for tuning in for Episode 8 of the Our City Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you for Episode 9 on Sunday. Let's go Mets.